Thank you guys for tuning in. This is episode two of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. Now today we have Coach Andrew Brewer of Alamo Heights High School and Coach Art Bella of Jefferson High School. Again, both from the San Antonio, Texas area. Both outstanding coaches, great friends. They talk tales about their epic battles against each other. They talk about how they develop relationships with their players. They talk about their journeys through their career and their childhood. We had a blast talking to each other. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. Art Vela, Andrew Burr, let's get after it. There you are. Good? My brother, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you guys? Can't complain. I like the mustache. Man, we got to do something. I got, I got kicked out of the house because I'm too loud. And my <laughs> wife is so I'm in the garage. And it's been fun and games until today. Now it's got warm in here. So I got a little uh, sweat going. Yeah, it's, the, heat's going. the heat's picking up outside now. A little yeah. bit. A little bit. I shaved yesterday and I did it in section just to see what I would look like. I, I had the whole thing and then I, I cut it off to a goatee. Then I cut this part off and then I left the mustache. Just trying to you know, entertain myself because there's not much else to do. I like the, I, I'm digging, I like the mustache. I might keep the mustache for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you coach in the mustache next year. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Uh, this is strictly a activity. Uh, how you guys doing? You guys all right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're good. We're, we're hanging in. Um, you got you seen your players at all? Just on Zoom. We, we've had several Zoom meetings. Uh, I've given them a, f- a few calls, like my captains and all that. But it's a, it's a rare situation, right? We, how do we navigate through it? Just trying to find ways to, to, to make it work. So it's definitely different. All right, Good. so we've got Coach Art Vela at Jefferson High School and Coach uh, Brewer at Alamo Heights High School. Uh, first off, Art, how long have you been at Jeff? I want to say this is uh, my my fifth year fifth at year? Jefferson High School. And total, how long have you been a head coach? Head coach, uh, 11 years maybe, 11. I was at Edison for about six or seven, 12 years maybe, going on 12. Eleven, and then, and then oh, just uh, in, when, in there, Brewer. When uh, were you in there, Brewer? I've I've been at Heights for nine as the head coach at Heights. Um, so you were oh, maybe eleven. Uh, I want to say I think I coached against uh, Bogus. I think Bogus yeah, killed me when I, I I used to go to this tournament when I was at Edison when y'all had a tournament there. What's when did you get that? Edison head job. What year? I want to say 2009. So I think it was, it's going on my 11th year then. 10th, 11th year. Yeah. yeah. So you've been a head coach for 11 years. Yeah. yeah. I just I just finished just finished nine at Heights. And I times know. times flying by. <laughs> Seriously, man, it is. How long have you been coaching in general, Coach Brewer? Oh, total. Um. So let's see. I started off in 2000. I was at a private school in Dallas for two years. Um, no, I'm sorry. I was the head coach at a private school in Dallas for two years. I was there for four. And then in o, the fall of 04, I moved to Houston. And I was at Hightower High School as an assistant for two years. And then in the fall of 2006, I'm trying to make this sure. Yeah, fall 2006, I moved to Alamo Heights. I was the freshman coach at Alamo Heights for five years. And then became the head coach in the fall of 2011. Nice. So I guess all told, I just finished 20. 20, nice. Yeah, nice. just finished 20. 
total. Well, yeah. I'll say this about both of you guys. I have so much respect for what y'all do. You guys do an excellent job at your programs. So as far as this whole uh, COVID situation, I know we kind of touched on it before the record button, but, but how are you guys uh, holding up? Over there? Uh, you know, I feel like, um, you know, at my place, you know, I have some, uh, I have some, some affluent kids. Like my, my kids pretty much have everything they, uh, they need and want. And so I'm able to see our kids. I think Alamo Heights, I think was on the forefront of trying to get what we call continuous learning uh, going on. And so it was the, uh, the week. So we came back from spring break and we had no school. The following Monday, we pretty much started school. So our athletic period meets twice a week um, now. And what we do is uh, my freshman coach is a guy who still plays and is still in really good shape. And he puts them through live ball handling drills. And guys have their, uh, their laptops, or their Chromebooks available. And so I can see them all on the screen at one time. But, you know, that sounds neat. But, like, we've done individual ball handling drills, um, you know, every day for quite – well, twice a week for, what, five minutes now, five weeks now. And so, like, yeah, we're getting work done. Uh, but you got to be real creative to kind of keep this, keep them energized and keep them enthused and make it challenging. And I'm doing all sorts of things to have them work out uh, every day. So, and they're doing it. I mean, like, you know, Alamo Heights kids are pretty much going to work hard all the time. They're pretty much going to show up. They're pretty much going to do their job. Um, and so that's what, they're, that's what they're doing. They're still in a pretty good demeanor, it seems like. Uh, but it does get harder and harder to um, – to keep them interested. But I was talking to a coach today and if there's any consolation in the situation, it's that we're all in the same boat. Oh, we're going to be so far behind. Well, guess what? Everyone else is going to be behind too. So I don't think that there's that much to worry about. We're just, I think anxious. I guess probably the best word. Yeah. I kept kept telling people, you know, coach Vela puts on the, uh, that helps put on the, the summer league every year. I said, I'm in a pretty good mood. I'm doing pretty well, but if we don't get to play summer league, I'll be pretty, pretty upset and it seems like that that's what we're facing i, I want to see my guy i love the summer league i love Absolutely. watching when guys play 10 games and i love it and that we're not going to be able to do that it doesn't look like you know art maybe you know something i don't know but um you know that, that that'll be disappointing i think for the kids too yeah like you said everybody's over here on our side is anxious you know and our kids over here i think we we have a lot of uh outdoor courts parks and recs and woodlawn but they've taken some of those rims off and they've covered the rims up. And so they've keep, they've kept a lot of our kids out of the parks over here. So, and then through our social, through our uh, Google classroom, it's, it's kind of tough because some of them, you know, are responding, but some of them may not have, I don't know, with our guys have internet or access to, to this stuff. But, but I made some phone calls. I like talking to kids, you know, and I'm trying to tell my assistant coaches, make sure that, we're staying in contact with our kids, you know, I'm sure we're talking to them. I go like, but like you said, you know, we're all in the same boat, I think. You know what I mean? We could do all this stationary stuff and it's really, you know. It's not like, you know, you look back to when we were like, I'm, I'm, I just turned 44 and you look back on the summers when I was a kid, there wasn't a million, there's like two or three AAU uh, teams in town. That was it. But now I wasn't, I wasn't going to be on one of them. And I couldn't text my friends and a lot of my friends were out of town or whatever. And so 
when I was a kid, you may have been talking about this right when I first got on my got my audio and video hooked up, but like you had to find your own way as a player when you were coming along. How how much do you love it? You know, how many times we were talking like putting pop popping in that that NBA superstars VHS tape of Hakeem Olajuwon and Jordan and, and Scotty, I mean, and, and Charles Barkley. And I'd watch that, that thing, and i get sweaty palms, and i go outside and shoot 100 free throws, yeah, you know? And that's, that's when the fire, that with my head coach was kind of getting us excited. But you, you can only hope that um, kids are finding whatever their NBA superstars VHS tape is, whatever it is. You know, maybe it's this Jordan documentary. You don't only you hope that – you hope that some, some fire is being lit inside them. And coaches, you can't do it. I mean, you, you can't do it all for them. You can put a little structure in place, um, but you're just, you just hope that um, – and we'll see, right? We'll see when we get back, like, which, which teams, which players are better, which players got fat, uh, which players are up at, which which players are ahead in the classroom? Which kids we might are be talking about? We might be talking about. Coaches. No, I ain't nobody talking about you, coach. That's all. Coaches, which coaches gained the most weight? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 But it, it, I mean, the, I know the kids are anxious to do it, and uh, actually, me and Joseph just met this. Uh, we met today. I mean, not talking on the phone about uh, summer league because, uh, and I met with my football coach because, uh, I mean. I kind of said, I, I think, you know, everything's gotten pushed back so far for summer league. That it might not happen. It might happen middle of June or even just in July. I, I told myself, I probably, I'm probably not going to have a summer. I'm probably going to try to run a, a summer league just to get these kids going for a little bit, even if it's eight yeah. to 10 games, nine if we're games. We're in 100%, by the way. Whenever it is, just let me know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I was thinking I, the same thing. Like, I, we have, you know, huge. Well, it used to be bigger, but I have a big basketball camp, um, and I get a, get a hundred hundred kids. Now, it's good for me and my assistants, but it's also a great window to my my elementary school kids and to get them fired up about basketball. And I was telling my wife that we're gonna have to do something, just not yeah. necessarily to make money, but just to kind of keep the momentum going in our community with our kids. We do it at a reduced rate um, if our district will allow it, or else do something just keep the fire going and keep momentum going. Cause I don't want this to go, you know, nothing in the summer and all of a sudden it, the school starts in the fall and I don't see my basketball players again, cause they're in football or, or what have you. But yeah. yeah, I think I think at this point we're all hoping we can push things till July or August and do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, so I talked to uh, my football coach and they're, they're looking at maybe hopefully middle of June. I mean, they're praying is June, but then some people are saying, they they do their camps and all that also football does and yeah right um, now i was trying to say well if we uh how about basketball i mean we're gonna be able to run in july because they do the floors in july and we'll see i hope it works out i hope we can get these kids back on like you said that momentum is important to i think to i think i know for sure and you both you guys i know for myself you got to keep these guys occupied and ready to go man i don't want to show up and yeah. <laughs> well, and, and think about this, like, you know, so many of us, uh, and I will be more than I ever have before in my nine years, I'll be relying on football players to, to play a lot for me next year. And so, like, the June, like June, our normal June is, um, you know, 10 games with an Art and Joseph's League, and then we'll go to a team camp at Texas and get five games. So that 15, those 15 games go a long way. Like, it's a snapshot before they leave. You don't get those 15 guys together again until, you know, after Thanksgiving, the football goes to the playoffs. So this is going to really 
hurt. But you know, one thing that I, I told my guys, and I heard, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Saints fan, and I heard Sean Payton say, like, you know, the, the, the teams and the programs that have really good continuity, that have been running the same stuff for several years, or have the same assistants in place, or don't have turnover, or, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, drama in their program, they're going to come out of this ahead of the game. So I think the three of us, you know, hopefully have stability. Uh, you have a, a stuff you've run, and so you can bounce back. And I don't know if you guys – I have a, a football player uh, who's long and athletic, but at, for whatever reason has a hard time remembering plays. And so I, I, was, I started uh, weeks ago. Uh, I, would, I would draw a play, take a picture of it, and say, identify it, identify it. And so, well, why am I doing it just to him? So I said I started sending it to the whole – I have a group chat, like one set every single day. Uh, identify it. You get bonus points. We have standings. Like for you get different points every day, and it's bonus points if you can identify the set. Um, so, you know, just, you know, I think we're all doing the same thing, trying to – Pretty good, Brewer. I want to try that. <laughs> well, you know what? Like documentation, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to be a tattletale. You don't want to be a nag on kids. But, hey, you know, when it's February and, and they're getting six minutes a night instead of 16, but, hey, remember in, in, in April – when I was quizzing you guys on plays every day, and I said, hey, would it kill you to draw every play, uh, put it in a binder? And this crosses all – like, everybody's had his advantages. Everybody's job is different. Everybody's job, job is hard. But one of the things that crosses all these lines is you have a pencil and a paper. Do you want to be successful? If a coach sends you a play, write that thing down, put it in a binder, and you have 17 sets, and you can draw them over and over and over and over and over, and you'll learn those things, and you'll be ahead of the game when mm-hmm. school starts, you know? Um, so those are just, I mean, you can't do a lot. Those are good. You can't do a lot right now, but you can handle the ball by yourself and you can know the plays. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do stuff like that. You uh, uh, we'll, we'll do some ball handling stuff. We, uh, my assistant coach is real good on huddle. He'll, he'll clip up, uh, hey, coach, get some stuff on our man to man defense, some positives, some negatives. Uh, get about 10 clips. Coach in the Google Classroom, and there's these questions that the kids have to answer. What was That's the, a really good idea? Yeah, what did our rotation mess up? Or why was this successful? But even if even if we got to stop, right? What where were we late? Yada yada yada, and um, and and so far the kids that uh, again, right? You got a good handful of kids that are doing it. Then you got your other handful that aren't. But the ones that are doing it are going to come out of this at least a little smarter, a little more aware of what what we're trying to do. And, and I don't think anybody, any of us, are seeing anything that's a dramatic departure from what we saw when the season was going on. The guys, guess what? The guys who are the first ones in the gym are the first ones to show up for a, a Google Meet or the first ones to reply to a message. And it's the same It's the same thing. But I like that idea about posting clips. Like, hey, identify this set. They were on defense. Okay? You know, who was in good position, who wasn't, um, you know. But almost like breaking, breaking down some film right now since we're off. They can, they can look at some of that film. Yeah. And I told kids, like, you can't tell me and our, our kids are complaining about there's too much schoolwork right now. But you can't tell me you don't have free time. And you can't, yeah. you can't tell me. Uh, yeah. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, growing up, you know, in our childhood. You know, what, what was it like for us? Um, what were some of the things that maybe along the way pushed you towards this career that you were coaching and educating young people? Art, who'd you play for? Who did I uh, from high school? High school uh, yeah. at Jefferson under uh, Mike Canfield. 
really, I mean, I, my first, uh, I think when I, I went to the Jefferson area when I was a sixth grader and I ended a little middle school down the street. I would really, the way I played basketball, I got involved was in, you know, your community centers, your parks and rec in the, in the area. Um, I mean, people got me involved. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't play worth a little. I didn't really start playing basketball until eighth grade. Uh, man, I was terrible. I mean, but uh, it just, it just people around you. I, I don't know. Back then, it was, it wasn't about how good you were. They kind of would throw, throw me in the back of a truck and take me to the south side and play against that Parks and Rec over there, yep. and people would coach you even if you were not very good, you know, uh, and, and support you. You know, uh, I, I had a I grew up with my my mother was a single parent, you know, and so so these people that were involved with me, uh, they they kind of uh, a whole bunch of people kind of guided me through, you know, playing parks and rec, and then until I got to high school, and then it started growing on me um, at Jefferson, and and it and, you know I picked it up from there, it, uh, and then I was playing a lot of tournaments with uh, these amateur Latino tournaments, and I met a lot of people through the basketball circle through that. Uh, it, it just, it just kind of, it just kind of influenced the way I, you know, the way I am right now, coaching wise, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was the first place that I really felt like, like I fit in. So I, my family, the whole family is from Louisiana and we moved to Alamo Heights when I was in the fifth grade. And, uh, you know, didn't know a lot of people, brand new to town, went to the junior, Alamo Heights Junior High, and uh, I was just skinny, skinny, and long. I wasn't very good at anything. Uh, and I went to Alamo Heights High School, was a freshman, and that's kind of when it, when it hit for me. Uh, I, I, I quit playing football. I was super skinny. I quit the band. I just figured, you know what? The head coach there, Charlie yeah. August, kind of took a – kind of took a – an interest. I mean, I was 6'3 as a freshman. I wasn't very good, but he thought, well, this kid's got size 15 feet. Uh, he'll turn out to be a player. Well, he was dead, dead wrong. <laughs> I, was never, I never, ever became a player, uh, but I loved it. And my freshman year, uh, Alamo Heights uh, lost in the state championship in the Irwin Center uh, to Port Arthur Lincoln. And I was hooked. I mean, that, there was, I was just hooked. Uh, it's all I ever wanted to do. It's all I ever wanted to to be was an Alamo Heights basketball player. So that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. You find that, you find that drive within you. And uh, back in the day, there was a, there was a, an outdoor court at Alamo Heights high school. And I'd be there all the time. My dad put a hoop on the roof of the house and I would shoot in front of the house. And um, you know, sophomore year, I was a, I was a JV player junior year. I was a JV player. Um, I, I kid all the time. And I think it gives me credibility as a, as a coach, I think, but I was a senior. I can tell you uh, the night I had my career high, uh, December 21st, 1993, I lit up Roosevelt for eight. <laughs> I mean, lit them up. I mean, it was four backside rebound putbacks uh, for eight. Uh, and that's when they had Cliff Ellis was, was, a, was on the team and Ivan Wagner was on the team when they were loaded. We beat Roosevelt that night. Um, you know, and, and I feel like I, I can get players – uh, who just love it. And that's, and I think the, the program that Charlie Boggess built uh, was able to get players like me, I think, who just love it and want to be a part of the program. And so, uh, no, I, I decided I wanted to 
when I went to college, uh, I wanted to be a sports writer. I wanted to be the Spurs beat writer for the Express News. So I went to LSU and majored in mass communication. But then it doesn't take long when you're a competitor and you love it. Like being an outsider and being an observer is not going to cut it for you long term in life. You got to be involved, even though it's it can be painful and it could, the lows can be low and the highs can be really high. It's, that's the life that that I wanted to to uh, to you know to follow. And so you know, coaching guys like you know you guys you guys can really change lives. And, and where you guys are in your schools, you can change lives. And I've talked to to David Peavy, who played at Alamo Heights, is now the head coach at Duncanville. And, when we were together at, at um, Hightower, he said, you know, I was the poorest kid at Alamo Heights. Um, and, and when I came back to coach there, he's like, I'm not really going to, I'm not really going to change anyone's life, like really. Uh, and for him, he knew that wasn't going to be the place for him. Uh, I think for me, um, it is a way to, you know, my, my kids are going to be okay. A lot of they have two-parent homes, a lot of them, college-educated parents, a lot of them, a lot of money, a lot of them. But I think if I'm just one more one more man in their life who's a good dad, um, and we can share in uh, this love for playing basketball and can competing, and and there are certain things that you know that doesn't matter what kind of background you come from. There's a time in your life when you got to execute under pressure. Uh, there's a time in your life when you got to do something uh, you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's things like you know I always talk to kids about you know don't ever don't ever sacrifice what you want most for what you want right now. And there's so many temptations. Hey, listen. You know, yeah, you can go to your buddy's ranch for the weekend and go kill a, a, a buck, or you can come to basketball practice, and we can we can work on something together and maybe be pretty good. So, um, you know, those are kind of all the things that Charlie Boggess, the, the, what he served in my life. I had a great dad, a great mom. I was going to be okay, um, but I think uh, being one more voice in their lives is kind of uh, what drives me. In addition to winning, I think the bottom line, like what you said, is, is even. Where you're at, Alamo Heights, and where we're at, you know, inner city maybe, it's still creating a, a strong young man. You know what I mean? It's not right. – it don't matter how much money you got or how poor you are, but uh, developing that character, that strong character and, and responsibility, and I think creating good men, yep. you know, I mean, yeah, even if you're inner city, you can still be a turd. We're yeah. trying to get that – you can be a strong man. Even if you're over there in Alamo Heights, yeah. you know. Yeah, we had I had this I had this player um, this past year, and uh, you know I said, you know this is probably all kids. Like, hey, you know practice starts at seven thirty in the morning, and so this son of a gun would walk in practice at seven twenty nine. Uh, he wouldn't uh, untie his shoes; they'd be real loose. He would slip on his shoes, and at seven thirty, he's ready to go. And uh, every time, every time, and I would pull him aside. And he's like, "Well, coach, man, practice starts at seven I said, "You know what? You got me." You got me on that. But you know what else? It's disrespectful to everyone else in the room who gets here 15 minutes early and they've been getting loose and you're 15 minutes behind. That's going to serve you in, in, in a job and any, anything you do. It doesn't matter um, where you grow up, being on time, being early. Um, that's, that's a good quality to learn. Absolutely. We do the same thing. I mean, practice is at 8 o'clock. Be there between 7.30 and 7.45. 8 o'clock is late. Right, 7.30, 7.45, you're ready to go. Um, that's on time. And that's how it is at work. You don't want to show up to work when you're supposed to be there on time, uh, at, at the time designated. You want to get there early, get prepared mentally, get prepared with everything you need. So that way when 8 o'clock hits, we're ready to go. We don't have to get ready. And, and yeah. some kids get it, some don't. But the ones that do get it, 
uh, can take those lessons after they graduate and, and apply them in life. That both of you guys do a good job with the programs and teaching. I mean, you kind of you kind of wandered into another area I was going to touch on later, but we'll just get into it now. Just some of the some of the more impactful moments as a coach that, that maybe you've had that's, that that come to mind um, where you realize, you know, winning and losing. Yes, we want to win. We're all competitors. This is why we do it. I've seen you both coach, um, coached against you guys several times. Uh, I see the passion when you're, when you're on the sidelines. I see the competitive drive. Well, that's important. But when you realize it was more than wins and losses and, and it was more about the kids and the relationships and the lessons, uh, what are some of the moments that stick out to you? Uh, for me, um, some of the some of the most fun, the most rewarding parts of it uh, occurs years after kids graduate. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you know having a discussion uh, with a kid. I, I was talking to one of my players or texting with them yesterday. A kid who graduated in 2014, uh, the year that uh, Coach Vela got his revenge in the first round and knocked us out. Um, from two years earlier uh, in the first round. But um, we, you know, I had a kid who went on to play. At, uh, he was not a super talented player, but he was really bright, and he went to go play at a Division three up east. And uh, talking to him about one of our current players, we have an opportunity to go to the same place, uh, having conversations with him as he's like a man, and he's, he's contemplating, uh, you know, maybe getting married, and those relationships, those are things that are really, really special. I think that while you're in the battle and you're in the fight with the kid, um, you know, when I say in the fight, I mean teaching these lessons about, um, you know, being a, holding your teammates accountable. That's one of the things that I think is really hard for kids. It's like when your teammate makes a mistake, it's really easy not to not to correct him. But when you're in the battle and you're you're fussing at one kid because it didn't correct his teammate or making a mistake, uh, when you're in the battle, you don't know if it's really going to take. But but as they get older. And they realize that that is important in holding your teammates accountable. And, you know, if you're on a group project with somebody in a job and your teammate in your group's not doing their, their job and maybe you don't get the, the bid uh, for this big project, that's going to hurt, man. That hurts your family. That's good on your table. You need to fuss at the guy on your team. Hey, man, your part of this uh, report was due. Um, and and when, that, when that makes a difference, when they got jobs, that's super, super rewarding. Uh, so those are, those are the things that I, you know, I really enjoy, the relationships after the fact yeah i think uh, on going off that uh like you said about x's and o's and winning and losing i mean if i think if you know for these younger coaches i try to tell them don't i mean don't live off of that i mean because that you're not going to get rewarded right away or it's not going to it's not going to you have to get wins and losses. I, mean, I, I would not love to go to work and coach a bunch of guys that are, you know, are just horrible people. Yeah. Or I mean, the, the the thing is that helps me is I thrive off the the interactions with uh, with all these kids and and building these relationships down the road. Like you said, it, it just it just it makes me you know feel good as a person. Reward it rewards me that, that way, not with the wins. I mean, yeah, we love the win, and I mean, sure enough, but. I mean, I'm a competitive person, and I, I, I want to come at people, but believe it or not, I mean, I love talking to coaches. I love talking to these kids and building these relationships with coaches and, and, uh, and kids, and it just, it just keeps, me, keeps me going. 
uh, year in, year out. Believing in some of these kids that people say, uh, I don't think he's going to be a basketball player when he's a freshman. And then by the time he's a senior and he's starting for me and he's, you know, he's doing well for me as, as a good teammate, uh, you know, those things are the ones that are rewarding, you know. All the way from the days when I was a middle school coach to, you know, when I was at Edison as a JV coach and then, you know, became a head coach. I think just, you know, some of these kids, you know, when they leave us, when they come back and they know that we, we did our best to, to make sure that you know, we worked hard for them. We didn't, you know, we believed in them. We didn't, I didn't slack off and, and you know, you know, here's a ball. I don't believe in you. Go over here, get out of my way. Uh, so, you know, it just, I think it's ongoing with, you know, you know this past, this a different team I've never had before. More of a six foot and under team. I've never coached a team like that. I've always had, like, you know, two mid-sized guys, maybe not big guys, but, you know, and three guards, one guard, one point guard, maybe. But I had a bunch of guards that can dribble, and I had to make adjustments as a, you know, I was always set in my ways, and, and I listened to other coaches. I, you know, you know, I was catching, I stole some stuff from other coaches, and, hey, we, we try to make the season as best we can and, and, and equip the kids with, you know, with, with the way they were built. And uh, I think that's just rewarding. You know, the wins came. I mean, we got a few wins. It, you know, it, it worked out. But, but you know, year in, you know, year in, year out. You know, when 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 I see that, when we thrive like that with kids, you know, and we believe in them and we have a little success. I think that, I think it's exciting. One of the one of the things that um, that Charlie Bogus, uh, who's my predecessor and has won over 800 games and is in the Hall of Fame. One of the things he, he taught me, told me, I think, I think I was still in college and I think I told him I wanted to coach and this didn't really make any sense at the time because I thought that was really, really, really cool and really, really, really likable. He said, uh, the measure of a coach is when they lose the team, but they find a way to get the team back. So I think we've all had times in our seasons where like, oh, I've lost them. I've lost them. Like we lost the game. <laughs> well, you, you lost. I, like, we've all been there, right? Like you lose a game, and you talk to your assistants. And Stan Leach, by, by the way, I said, never ever listen to your assistants <laughs> because they don't have to live with the decisions. But one of the things you listen to your assistants, and then and then you say, okay, now now we lost a heartbreaker. Uh, does this team need a pat on the back, or do they need to butt you in? Yeah. And I think a lot of times we pick right. I think a lot of times we pick wrong. And we had a, a night uh, this year where we uh, lost. St. Mary's Hall was way better than we were. And we managed to uh, give the game away in regulation and lose in overtime. Uh, and I decided that this team that we had this year was a district championship team. And I butt chewing, and that was going to get it done. Well, I gave them a butt chewing. And I hadn't really pre, uh, predetermined that I was going to give a butt chewing, but we were kind of sloppy in practice and weren't doing – things well and I gave him a butt chewing and the butt chewing practice on top of not having a gym on top of our best player not playing great I lost him there for about 10 days two weeks and I think that one of the things that is really rewarding I think maybe Art was talking about it for a second was that if you get a team to believe in you uh you know two years ago we won 30 something games and went to the state tournament and when that season was over Oh, it was just such a relief because it was a battle to get those guys to believe in us all year long. And after and this doesn't happen a lot either. Now that I'm, I just finished year nine, but when this season ended this year, we lost in the second round. 
I could not stop crying. Like I was that Oprah ugly cry because these guys believed <laughs> and I'm like ruining my shirt and my coat and like parents come down on the floor and I'm hugging parents and like mascara's getting on my face and my sweat's getting on there. I mean, it was just one of those incredible moments and it wasn't really record wise a very good year, but to have them believe in us and us win a playoff game, um, that was, that was probably more rewarding, more fulfilling, I should say, than maybe one of those seasons where you win 30 games. Um, yeah. and, and you you can't tell, you never know how it's going to be, but it was one of those years that I got this group to believe. Uh, we, we, I didn't, no one said we we're going to be very good. All my coaching buddies said, Rude, just get through the year. Um, but to, you know, win 20 and, um, win a playoff game was just something special in that kind of, it's one of those things that, that you can't anticipate, but coach Boggess was right. You know, when you, when you get them back, uh, that feels really good after you've lost them. And, I, and I'm sure Art's never lost a team ever because he's always sweet and kind to his players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Let me, I'll tell you a story. You know, my first year at Alamo uh, Heights uh, tournament, Bogus, Bogus gave me some advice. I was having a terrible, my first year as a head coach, I remember this, bringing that up. I was having, a, we were playing, I don't want to, I want to say, if, did you guys carry Warren or Keller was coaching, I think. Was yeah, maybe Warren was there. What, was I don't it, think I was there yet. Was Keller was coaching, I think, a Northside team, maybe, or no? Was, no, no Jay, Keller, Jay Keller was at. Uh, he opened Warren. Warren, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think we were playing them in Alamo Heights, and they had some super teams back then. And I had, uh, that was my first year. I had all sophomores starting pretty much. It was my, my and, uh, we, and uh, we, we had been getting our butts whooped. And uh, I took it real personal. Like, we were trying to win games, and Boggess pulled me aside and said, hey, you don't worry about these non-district games. Don't worry about this. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna stress yourself crazy. Just worry about getting into district and trying to win some of those games. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I was stressed about just winning every game back then. When you first start, you know, you go crazy yeah. about competitor. But he was right. <laughs> I was stressing yeah. Get your get your kids to play in these other games. If you get your butt whooped, you get it whooped. But when you get into district, we had the worst record in the state that year out of 500 teams, I think, to make the playoffs that year. I think we were seven and seven in district, but nine and twenty something. Wow! <laughs> in, well, you must. You must. I've always and I haven't never told you this, but you must do something um, to earn your kids' trust because you get up inside their butt during games. I mean, you are in them. Uh, and you don't ever, ever, I've never seen one of your players uh, gesture poorly, talk back, anything. So you must do something somewhere along the line to get them uh, to trust you and, and love you. Yeah, something. I think, like I say, year round, we do, you know how we always do summer league and tournaments. I think it's just constant relationships and talking to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always try to remind them, I said, I got you here for a reason. If I get after you, don't take it personal. I always try to remind them. You always got to teach them and coach them up. And in, uh, in, I think in criticism and constructive criticism and all that. And you got to let them know. And I think I've been lucky. I think the one kid that did give me hell was probably my oldest son, Artie. You know, I had to talk to him. But other than that, I think he was thinking of me as dad. But other than that, uh, I think just constantly talking. I think you guys do a great job of relationship with kids and you talk to them. I think that just helps those coaches. I mean, build. Those I don't know how. I don't know how much time you have, but I think Marcus and I are probably in the same boat. I think Mar I think I'm sooner than Marcus is about. I got my son in the fifth grade, 
and knock on wood, I hope that I can keep the Alamo Heights community at bay for another seven years and coach my son. But how was that? Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping. But I don't know if he really wants to play. He wants to coach. He said he wants to be a coach for the McCullough Cowboys. Um, he has, has, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I used to want to be an astronaut, but now I want to be a coach for the McCullough Cowboys. That's uh, awesome. Kind of led into another question I was going to ask. Art, what, what was it like coaching your kids? Um, both of them, right? Okay. You know, yeah, I, I got to coach both of them. And you know what? It was probably the best thing in the world. I mean, I, looking back at it, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of coaches I've talked to had bad situations, didn't have, you know, didn't fight through it, I think. Um, I got good advice from, like, Art Gonzalez. I don't know if you remember Art Gonzalez. He was our AD in SSD. He was a coach, and he coached two sons. And then, you know, I got a few people that uh, that I knew that coached their kids and had real good success with it. And it just – you have to leave everything in. You know, you have to leave when you have to And I know we're such competitors over dinner. I probably would have been fighting with them and trying to choke them over uh, – <laughs> over dinner about, hey, you made this turnover or anything. But I think you just – you got to let them bring the conversation to you. And and you got to be – especially, you know, I was at Edison. If uh, your son wasn't very good and you are playing them, those kids over there would have ate him up. He yeah. had the thick skin. And you as his coach have to be thick skin because there's going to be people that are going to question you as a coach. Well, your son just – you're playing him because he's, you know, your son and – I mean, you have to really have tough skin, avoid looking at the social media, looking at all that stuff. And you're, 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 there's more pressure on your kid because you expect more also from them. And, uh, but, you know, I think one of the special moments, if you guys are able to do it, they'll always fight through it and, and, and get, take care of your son. And, but, you know, hold them to the expectations of all the other kids. And, and, and it worked out. But, I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't beautiful at the beginning I'm your parent, you know, and this is where you're going to be. It's just because I would have never saw him play. We play on the And it, I told him, you know, and, you know, I fought through it. And I said, you're going to commit yourself uh, to being here at Edison with me. And sure enough, he committed himself in his junior and senior year. He, he, I mean, it was, it was like having another coach. It's going to be crazy when you coach your kids because he's going to be around so much basketball. It's going to be kind of like a mini you out there. And then that's where you're going to bump your heads because he knows what you want and you know what's expected from it. It's just crazy. It's a, it, but it's fun. I mean, I'm not going to – if you can do it, if you have that opportunity to do it, I, I, you know, there'll be something special you always carry with yourself down the road. Yeah, we had, we had uh, an opportunity. I've coached Jack very little, but uh, we were in a three-on-three tournament and, uh, and we had to play the team. We are in the finals and mm-hmm. – uh, and they were just going right by us, right by us, right by us, right by us. So I called timeout and I said, I said, guys, everybody, just have one foot in the paint. Just everybody have one foot in the paint. They, you know, they come down and then they, they, they get to the rim, get to the rim. I said, put a foot in the paint. They got a foot in the paint. And the next time they drove down, kicked to the guy in the corner. The guy drills a three. Jack comes off. Tears, but you told us to put a foot in the paint. You told us to put a foot in the paint. I was like, hey, man, you can't stop everything. But, but, like, hey, you know, coaching is not magic. You just play the And uh, we drove home, and I thought, oh, crap. This is, he was, he was sad, but he was mad at me. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, this is your fault. No, He's no, been no. around the game enough to know. Yeah. He knows he knows more than you think. That's a crazy part that my, my kids have been around. 
coaches talking. It's a bad thing in a way sometimes, but but he, my, my sons have been around so many coaches, other coaches, and he, they listen to, to all that, that stuff you're talking about, and they pick it up. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to see them grow. They grow real quick in coaching sense that, you know, they might even be better than some of your assistant coaches. I'm then, then, you they, right. then, then they break your heart. I swear to Jesus. Um, on, on Monday, uh, we were had to go pick up some lunch, and we came home, and we had watched that Michael Jordan. I don't know if you all saw part one and two, that Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, and and, and I, I thought, man, my son's a student of the game. My, son, my son's going to be a hooper. He's like, hey, Daddy, when we get home, can we watch that Michael B. Jordan documentary? <laughs> 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 Michael B. Jordan. No, no, sir. No, sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're into LeBron and all that. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I'll say this about your boys. I can, I can see it in your boys when they play. You know, even I see them play still to this day, and uh, and and you can tell that they're smart and they understand the game a little differently than, than other people on the floor with you. Especially Art. Art's more of a point guard penetrate, yeah. makes the right decision, gets people involved. And, and you can just see the way he processes the game. No. Yeah, and, and, I, and I tell a, a lot of uh, coaches call me and ask me about – some of them are coaching their kids now. And they're, I just tell them, man, just, you know, just constantly just stay – I mean, communicate with them, man, because they're, they're going to grow fast and they've been around you and they know they're going to understand the game, their mindset, and it's going to be totally different, totally different than other kids. Other kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, talk to me about a couple of battles that you guys had that, that uh, are memorable that stick to mind, come to mind. Oh, oh God. You guys had a bunch of sure. I, I have two, I mean, I have two moments in, with Art and, you know, and, and they may, in my mind, in my career, they talk about the, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Um, and I, I'll tell anybody, and I told our baseball coach this, like, and I, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but like, the two times that I've won regional finals, those are up there with the greatest days of your life, of my life. And I'll tell you why. It's because you've gotten to the mountaintop and, the, and the going to the state tournament seems so, so, so far away. It's a week ahead of time. And that was just a mountaintop moment uh, for me. And, I was, and it was a long time ago. Um, but that, that was really, really high. And then, uh, you know, two short years later, Maybe the hardest, many of the hardest things I've ever had to do in 2014. We were number one in the state. Um, we had gone state tournament, regional finals, and then in 2014, so 2012 state tournament, 2013 regional finals. But in 2014, we had everybody back from the regional finals team, including a 6'10 uh, post player who went on to play at Georgia Tech and now he's playing in, in Spain. And, uh, Five games into district, uh, Kyle Lehman and Ben, our 6'10", goes to get an offensive rebound. And uh, two Lehman players go to box him out. He falls awkwardly. He breaks his kneecap and tears uh, everything up inside of his knee. So he had to have microfracture surgery. So um, you go from – and at that point, we were number one in the state. Uh, and then we had a bunch of games to go. Uh, and we found a way – We played Clemens and lost. We played Kerrville, Tybee, and won. Went to Hayes and lost and got into the playoffs tied for second. And we flipped the coin and, and had to play Art and, and Edison in the first round. And uh, when you go from – and it's really good, I mean, a life experience for me. When you go from being number one in the state uh, to being down at 20 at halftime in the first round of the playoffs, you really got to do some soul searching as a coach. Not only am I hurting, 
not only am I stunned, not only am I mourning what, what could have been, uh, but I've got to say something to these kids. It's halftime. We're down 20 uh, to a team that we beat early in the year by what do you, we played at Marble Falls, Arden. We won by like 17 or 18 or something like that. And now oh, you're, you're pretty, you beat us really good. <laughs> well, we were really, I mean, listen, we were really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were really good. And that was early in the year. And now as a coach, you know, three weeks before, I'm thinking we're going to win the whole damn thing. We're going to, and I'm thinking about how are we going to beat Beaumont Central? Because they were really good at that time. Like, how are we going to beat Beaumont Central? And then we'll have to play, you know, Kimball or, or, or Carter or somebody in the championship and we can get it done. This is my mindset. And then you fast forward two weeks, you're down 20 in the first round. And that's it. That I, in my memory, there was a lot of people playing there and uh, a lot of people in the gym, rather. And I'm playing guys that I never thought would I mean guys that would been to play 28 minutes a night and I'd have a, a sub play, uh, a post play four minutes. Also, that guy's playing 26 minutes and getting taken to the woodshed by whoever the hell you had uh, in the post. And, you know, and then you, you're, you're facing those guys and you have eight minutes at halftime or 10 minutes. And you got to tell them something. You got to get find. You got to find a way to get them to be fired up and and compete and figure out if they can um, find a way to win. And you got to convince yourself that there's a way that you can win. So I think you know, and and Art was there in both of those in my mind. And um, you know, we're the adversary that I have a lot a lot of respect for. So those memories that you know I won't ever forget. Um, you know, and now I get a, a two year break at least from the Mustangs. And Art, <laughs> I get a two year break from you. Yeah. <laughs> No, it just those. Uh, you're right. Those two two times, and then really, what sticks out in my mind is that 2012, right? When you went right. to state, is that is that the right year? Yeah. And uh, I mean, we we met regional finals, and it was it was. I mean, Alamo High School. You guys knocked off Brennan. That was a big upset. You guys we, knocked we, off Brennan. Yeah, we weren't yeah. supposed to be there. I don't think you know beating Brennan, and then you know then we're going against Alamo Heights, and and I had a lot of respect for them I knew they were well coached and they had a <laughs> they had some you know they had some big kids and were solid kids and and uh, you know I'm thinking as a coach I mean we're competitive we're going to try to win this game and we fell short we lost and then what really sticks out on me I got to coach I don't know that year they had a St. Mary's all-star game at St. Mary's University right got to coach uh coach that all-star game you know they gave me you know they they let me have that coaching duty, and uh, I had a few of Brewer's kids uh, uh, out there. Uh, we met for a practice or two, and and then I I really realized how I mean my kids were up against these guys were really good, and you know I enjoyed coaching in the All Star game, and and I had a lot of respect for that that you know those kids, you know they they were the better team that year. They deserved to go to state, but you know once I was able to coach them in the All Star game, I was like. Uh, you had some characters on that team, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Oh, but, yeah, that, that, I think that was a special moment that I got to, you know, for maybe one or two practices, I got to coach a Heights kid. And, uh, yeah. Game and, and well, it it's was, fun. You know, our, our community is fun in that, you know, there's lots of different styles of basketball being played in, in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, and it's really good for us, you know, to play teams like you, especially in the summer where we run so many sets and so many things as timing and you guys just play hard all the time. It's one of the things that we, um, we have to get over and hopefully we get to that point in January and February, but we feel like, you know, McCullum kids and Jefferson kids, Lanier kids, they're outside playing and they play hard all the time. Whereas, 
our guys don't do that all the time. And we just can't replicate that kind of quickness and things in practice. Um, but uh, that all the different styles is, is fun to see. And, uh, yes. and that's, what that's what I think it helps. It helps us. And I think I, I, I try to preach that to some of these North side coaches and Northeast. Like, Northeast like, uh, I know they, they deal with, they got a lot of talent out there. They're big. And, but I think different styles, I think helps teams deal with different things. Yeah. You know, with, you know, you look at our district, SASD's, you know, mainly guard play, a lot of scrappy guard play. And like, you know, Coach Brewer was saying, that style, you know, sometimes doesn't work for some of these other teams, you know. They have difficulty getting over that style yeah. and hard, you know. And we might not be the most talented, but we're going to try to play hard, at, you know, night in, night out, and, and try to get the most out of kids. And uh, I think this off season, that's that's what helps – when we try to get these kids to play together chemistry wise for league and, and try to play different teams, you know, the McCollum's, the, the, you know, Alamo Heights, and they see that different style. It's, you know, it, it helps our kids, I think, develop. That's why I thought our, our, our district this last two years for us was really good because you saw so many different styles. I mean, you got Wagner on pace to, to contend for a state championship and, and they're playing as fast as – I mean, we play fast and we play scrappy, and, and they're just so much more athletic and better at that style, right? And then you got Kerrville, Tyvee, Bernie Champion that's not going to play nearly as fast. They're going to execute. You know, Bernie's going to shoot a lot more threes. Champion's going to be – I mean, Tyvee's going to be a lot more physical, execute their stuff. And, 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 um, and it was just fun, fun to scheme and game plan and try to make adjustments for, uh, for all the different styles. And so – so I, I appreciate all styles. I have a good time. I have a good time. I just love what I do. Yeah. yeah. It's stressful, nice to, I'm not going to lie. It's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful planning during district, you know. You know, it's as a coach. You want to yeah. for your kids, but I'm not, you know, it, it's part of the game. You know, I get stressed. I feel like – I get ready yeah, for I feel like, team over here. I feel like preparation is – I feel like preparation has come a long way. I've been in San Antonio now for 14 years coaching and I feel like preparation has come a long way in those 14 years. Like I, that's one of the things I wanted to do when I took over is we're going to have a detailed scouting report before. And I started doing just district and I started doing every single non tournament game, have a pretty detailed scouting report. And I learned a lot of that from uh, Brian Young at Tyvee. And one of the things that, that I, that I do and I learned from him is uh, talk about preparation is like we, we, you know, we try to, if we don't know what, what you're going to run, we're going we're gonna to call it out and we're going to learn it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. If, Art, if, you know, if, if Art says Mustang, Mustang, I may not have a hair of a notion what the hell Mustang freaks is. He kids like that. He freaks out. Like, like, oh, how do they know? They don't know how they know our place. Like, no, we don't know any of that. But we I don't know it here. Same thing. Hey, if you call it, those kids don't know that you don't know it. So just call it right. out. Echo it. Right. And you might throw them off. And if anything, you may throw off the timing just enough. To mess up the He'll get you a turnover. So a couple of things, a couple of tricks for young coaches. You want to get two or three turnovers a game. You want to scream other team sets first. And then if your guy's setting up for a charge, the coat, the head coach, and every player on the bench has got to scream, charge! And the referee is a bang bang play. They'll be like, I guess it's a charge, and you'll get a charge. So that's two buckets. That's two buckets a game you'll get. You just scream charge. I'm gonna try to counter that next time I play you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna do he that. He doesn't really know we're running. Run it anyway. <laughs> oh no, he no. I'm not gonna lie. He freaked out. I don't know if it was last year's group or 
he freaked our group out. And they they were they turned the ball over so many times. They know our plays, coach. I just know they 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 might. Oh yeah, the first the first year. The first I've been year running the same play. thing for about ten years, but right. You should have seen the kids. As, I wanted to laugh about that. I know we were you know we we're getting. I think Marcus. I think that I think Marcus. I think Joe Davis is the one who started doing that at Tyvee. I don't know if you, do you recall Mar, uh, Joe doing that, you know, Brian's assistant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he does. You know what? I think Joe's I've like, heard, heard of Echo R plays so many times this year. That's that's who I played in the, my first year as a head coach was Brian Young in Kerrville. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's when Art Gonzalez, my AD, got after me because I fought for – I fought with Coach Young in, in, in the athletic office about where we're going to play, neutral side, neutral – you know, he's a – He's going to battle. I was a first-year coach, and I told Coach Young, you know what, let's flip for a home-and-home. Home. Let's go. And, and Art Gonzalez, my AD, got after me. No, you don't want to go to Kerrville. You do not want to go up there. I said, I said, sir, I got a bunch of sophomores. Why not? Let them see what it's going to feel like in a playoff atmosphere where they're going to get after you like that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we went up there, and sure enough, Coach Young, they knew every – prepared he, he knows every play that you're going to do and they called out plays and it, it really it, I mean I had to stall for about you know a whole quarter just to keep the score down you know with him because he had a pretty so, good um, uh Bogus asked him when when Bogus was the head coach of the Heights and he was at Tyvee and Bogus says we played nine non-district games and you've been at seven of us yep. seven of them <laughs> How many, how many times are you going to see us play before? About 10? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's only the that's only ones in person. That's not the films he gets. I, I saw him, we, we opened up district play with them this, uh, this season, and, uh, and I saw him at so many games. I'm like, how do you, even, how do you, how do you not have a game tonight? How, how are you even here? And, uh, it's not to, mention, not to mention the fact that it's an hour drive, yeah. and he has both assistants with him. Yeah. Like how assistants aren't divorced, I have no idea. But he's very well prepared, and, and you got to appreciate that, though. And, and we had some really good battles this year. I know the first game at McCullum went down to the wire. We lose by four, and then we go to Kerrville, and it's just a war. And it's just a battle. They're, they're physical. We're, we're getting after it. We're scrapping this year. And, uh, and we have a lead with about a minute and a half, minute 45, and we end up losing by a couple points. And it was, but it was just a great, great atmosphere, great game. I mean, both teams weren't backing down. It's, it's a fun – Fun atmosphere to be a part of. Absolutely. Well, and that's another that's another coach's kid, uh, you know, playing for his dad. Yep. And yeah. Jackson had, had had Jackson had a good year, and he was seemed like they had a good had a good run together. Seemed it like that, that kid could shoot. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, let's uh, ask you a question real quick, and you guys answer as honest as you want. I'm not going to ask you who the greatest basketball player of all time is. You know, this whole MJ LeBron situation, everybody's hyping it up. Um, but if you had to win one game and you absolutely only, only have this one game to win, who are you picking on your team, LeBron or MJ? I'm going MJ. I'm just – I want Michael. Michael too. Yeah. I want Michael. Yeah. What is it about? I think, I think maybe because I grew up in that time, but man. I, I thought he was he was the world man. I was growing up as a kid. So I uh, the ultimate confident uh, ultimate compliment I can ever give a player. I think I've coached two. Uh, I think uh, Jeffrey Roadwald and Jonathan Dunn are the only two killers I've coached. <laughs> like they will do anything to win. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I'm not really sure. And I could be wrong. 
but it's just a gut feeling. I don't feel, I don't get that feeling from LeBron. I think Michael was a killer. I think Michael wanted to just that. That's, that's the thing. Uh, that's the ultimate compliment I can give a player is to be a killer. And that was, uh, um, that's Michael for me. I mean, you could just look at what they said on the, on that, you know, film that, you know, he, he played injured. He wanted to play injured. Most I think if they're injured, they're going to sit out, you know, I mean, I'm with Brewer on that. You don't see that, you know, they, they, call it, they call it load management, but in his second year, when they were giving Michael eight minutes a game, you see how mad he was when he got pulled out? <laughs> he was upset. Yeah. I mean, he was upset. I'm not, I'm not going to be a good old day, uh, you know, guy, but you don't see a lot of players like that getting taken out and being sore about it. Like they're like, yes, yeah, load management. I'm taking a night off. That's not Michael. Now, it could have been a different time, but facts are facts, and he didn't like it. Different time. He grew up in a different, different childhood, but um, that's what it, that's that's the reality. Then you can yeah. see it in his eyes. Just in the documentary, you can see when he was in kill mode. He just looked at Mike's eyes. It was, it was a sight to see for sure. Well, I, I appreciate you guys hopping on. Uh, yeah, this was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot, a lot yeah, of, I, had, I enjoyed it, man. Coach, coaches have a lot of insight and, and about a billion and a half stories to tell. So. Um, I appreciate you guys. Fun. We don't need to talk very much because we're all in quarantine, but it's just been fun to talk. Absolutely. If you guys did anything along the way, hit me up. All right. Yes, Thanks a lot, guys. You guys, hey, you guys take care, man. Be safe. You too. Yeah. Later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Huh? Your head is bald, bald. Some money too, man. On the on the plays, man. Hey, how's everything going? I'm good, man. I'm just I don't know if I can let it all go yet. Dude, let it go, dude. Don't stop fighting it, man. I tell my coaches that are losing their hair, dude. Stop fighting it, bro. Let it go, man. Just jump right in it, man. I shaved my beard yesterday. It had been a little while for I let my beard grow a little bit. Every every time I let my beard grow, I find more gray hair. Oh, it gets it gets worse, dude. Once you get older, man. How old are you right now? Uh, I'll be thirty six. Thirty six? I'll be thirty six in June. Oh man, that's prime. You prime also, time. They've been recruiting me for these thirty five and over leagues like crazy. <laughs> I bet they're trying to recruit you, dude. <laughs> I'm ready about fifty almost. I went to Vegas with these guys. Uh, Did well, you? Well, I mean, uh, I think Low and them were out there. Oh, oh, that. So I played with the Open, and it was all right. And then I also played with the 35 and up group, and we ran, we ran that place. We ran through it. It's those guys that have to – those guys that stay in shape. Yeah, yeah. That are going to be able to compete. I mean, because I'm playing it – when I play in those 14, 14 over leagues, and uh, those guys that used to be terrible basketball players back in the day, they're <laughs> killing me. They're in shape. They're, they're in better shape. Yeah. <laughs> they're in shape, you know. I think when you get to 40 and over, it's about guard play, too. You got to have good, quick guards that are in shape, oh, man, than 40. Yeah, heck yeah. No, it's, it's all good, man. Hey, the, the moment, the moment uh, I can't shoot a jumper no more, I'm just going to hang it up. Oh, man. When my yeah. jumper's gone, I don't see the point of playing no more. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, man. It, it's, I mean, you realize how basketball, I mean, I mean, I played open division up to, like, I was 40, maybe, 40-something. 40 yeah. 
and uh, 40, my early 40s. And then when I pull my shoulder out, try to get out there again, it's just, I just go, now I just go to hang out with my old friends. That's it, man. Yeah. I'll go hang out, but I'm not going to travel with nobody. Or you Think about it. Like, I play the Cinco de Mayo every year for, I mean, since I was 18, right? So mm-hmm. almost 18 years and, and you even longer, right? So you've been out there. So now, now this summer, there's probably no Cinco de Mayo tournament, right? So like, no. so then you think, man, what am I gonna like? It feels weird not going down to uh, to Woodlawn on Sunday and and, and hanging out Sunday. with the guys. Yeah, just kicking yeah. butt. You know, even if you lose, you just you yeah. hang out with everybody. And see, when I was growing up, they didn't have no clubs, so they used the it was an it was 18 and under on the <laughs> Latin tournaments. Yeah. So we used to when we were young, 15, yeah. 16, they didn't have those little big tournaments, you know, and, and the AU when we were doing it was like you could only allow three on a team, you know what yeah. I mean? But they only allowed three per school to play in a in a club team. Wow. It's crazy the Yeah, now you know the kids are spoiled, man. They get team in that that's what freaks me out, but yeah, I think it pays off in the long run. You can't pay for that kind of stuff, right? When when uh Mm-mm. when uh, uh when the team just gels and they mess chemistry chemistry with uh, the kids. Did you see Ellis? Ellis got that uh yeah. Did you see Ellis got that job? Yeah, he got the job at Temple. That means yeah, so that Clemens opened up, man. So what's going on over there? Who's gonna who's gonna apply for that one? Oh. Good job. Oh no, that's it. That, oh yeah, that's a it's a some good kids there. It's a good district too, right? Yeah. <laughs> district's tough. Yeah. Right? Judson, Wagner. <laughs> Where's he at? I see his, his, his picture. Well, not his picture, but. Man, I'm surprised he's late. That guy's always punctual, man. He's got the mustache. I like it. <laughs> he got that mustache going. <laughs> oh. He's having a, a technical difficulty. With Zoom, so we've been. No, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll just check in how they're doing. I don't want to do. A whole lot, you know, stress them out. I do want to work it out. You better be doing some kind of push-ups and some ball handling drills. In I, mean, driveway. I mean, when I was a kid, if I was home, I was in my driveway just going crazy. I mean, yeah, that's that's you, though, man. I don't know about the kids, man. Well, they they, gotta... It's like everything. There's a good handful of them that are doing it. And then they're yeah. like, eh, we're going to do it. You know what? I think the group I have right now that are coming back, they're they're working out. Yeah, I hope they are. Can you guys see or hear me now? We can hear you. You can't see me. We can hear you. We just can't see you anymore. How about now? Uh, looks like it's trying to. See. I just see a gray screen. Art. I don't see you. I see a gray screen. Okay, this is my first Zoom. We're doing a. We're doing um, Google Meet. <laughs> well, your video is off. Click your video button on the bottom, maybe. Okay. It is. It's got a line through it. There you are. 